The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this Saturday's Big Red Bench. I'm Dan Casey and I'll be with you for the next hour, keeping you up to date with all of the day's sporting action, as well as looking forward to tomorrow's games, such as Cork footballers playing Waterford in the McGrath Cup, Cork hurlers taking on Clare in Parky Ring in their Munster League clash, and of course, Kilimanjaro's All-Ireland Intermediate Club Championship final against St. Patrick's of Armagh. Before we see how things are unfolding at Croker in the St. Catherine's game, a quick glance at the Premier League and rugby. It's currently Newcastle United nil and Manchester City won. Bernardo Silva there with the goal and a win would see Man City go two points within league leaders Liverpool. Earlier in the Premier League, Chelsea had a 1-0 win over Fulham and Guy Swindle reported from Stamford Bridge. Chelsea won, Fulham nil. Chelsea managed to cling on to the lead given them through Cole Palmer's penalty just before half-time after Issa Diop brought down Raheem Sterling. In the first half, Gusto probably lucky to only get a yellow card and not red for a foul uh, on the excellent Willian. But in the second half, we had a real game on our hands. Two fine saves from Petrovic in the Chelsea goal. Conor Gallagher hit the post for Chelsea at the other end. But somehow, we didn't get a goal. It ended Chelsea 1, Fulham 0. Will that steady the chip for Chelsea and not a great start to the season for Cork City as they've been knocked out of the Munster Senior Cup by Wilton United. Uh, Tim Clancy did put out a young side, uh, mainly players from the academy. Uh, congratulations to Wilton, however. Cove Ramblers advanced to the next round after they beat College Corinthians 4-2. Moving on to rugby and Munster had a cracking win against Toulon away from home 29 points to 18 and finished uh, not many gave them a chance but you can never doubt them especially with Cork's Peter Romani coming back from injury it looks like uh, Tyke Byrne is going to hold on to that captaincy there as well great for Zebo to get a try as it was nicely dinked in for him will Andy Farrell be watching Zebo for a call up to the Irish squad as they're fairly pleased for wingers uh, at the moment another man I'm sure he will be watching is Limerick's Calvin Ash who had an absolutely blistering game by all accounts. And I'll be talking to Munster legend Fiona Hayes about proceedings there in the next while. To the GA now and the latest in Crow Park, St. Catherine's 11 points, Dulher Rosperkon 217. The Cork side in big, big trouble so far. Can they turn things around with 15 minutes on the clock? It is not looking likely. I did catch up with midfielder Shane Cotter during the week and he had this to say on what the match means to him personally. For, 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 for people in the club like Pat Hartigan and Dolores and, and Dick Morrison, who's who's passed away now, people that have been there for years and years, it would be, I think, a, a nice reward for those, for all the, the hard work that has has been put in. Um, I think just, just right now, it's to, to try and enjoy, to, to try and enjoy it and, 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 and take it in and knock it overawed by the occasion quality of the Kilkenny side in Croker really showing at the moment uh, we do have other involvement Cork involvement in Croker later as just in under an hour's time at 7pm Castle Lions will begin their AIB All-Ireland Club Intermediate Championship final these Cork side face Thomastown of Kilkenny they'll uh, definitely be up against it but I've no doubt they'll give a good account of themselves I've been speaking to Leo Sexton of Castle Lions ahead of the game I'm glad to be joined now by Castle Lions hurler Leo Sexton, head of the AIB GAA Club Hurling All-Ireland Intermediate Championship Final, which takes place this Saturday, January 13th at Croke Park at 7pm. The AIB GAA All-Ireland Club Championships features some of the hashtag the toughest players from communities all across Ireland. 
Now in its 33rd year sporting the GA Club Championships, AIB is extremely proud to once again celebrate the communities that play such a role in sustaining our national games. Leo, how are you feeling about uh, this Saturday, 7 o'clock? Yeah, we're uh, very excited for it. Uh, we're really looking forward to the game. Uh, can't wait. It's yeah, fantastic opportunity to uh, you know, play in All-Ireland final and, and hopefully win it with your, with your club is uh, something everyone dreams of. Like, so yeah, we can't, can't wait now for Saturday. Has it been uh, your club all your life? Um, yeah, I, I'm so I'm based in Dublin, so there's a few years, right, where I, I played with a, a team up here, St. Jude's. Um, but yeah, I've kind of I'm uh, probably towards the, the latter stages of my uh, playing career now, so um, a long stint done. So yeah, uh, fantastic, delight, delighted to kind of get there, even at this stage. And you commuting up and down to trainings? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm based in, in Dublin now for the last kind of number of years, so. Um, yeah, I, I go up and down kind of as often as I can, and especially you know, obviously coming into an all Ireland final or county finals, etc. You're up and down, and, uh, work from home quite a bit to to get the most out of it. So, but it must mean an awful lot if you're putting in that dedication, coming up and down the whole time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, as I said, I think you know anybody who plays at this level like gives a, a big commitment and. Uh, I'm no different. I think mine just happens to involve uh, an extra bit of a commute. But yeah, of course we've, you know, we've Colm O'Neill on our panel also in Dublin. We've Anthony in Dubai, who everyone knows about. We've lads in Limerick and Cork, etc. And I think every GA club is probably the same that people kind of spread out for work or college or whatever else. But uh, obviously, you know, where you're from and uh, the club means something to everyone. So we, everyone's happy to make the extra effort to to get back and and kind of throw their lot in and, and hope for the best for the, the club Anthony's coming from Dubai is he training out there and um, coming back for matches or, or what's his story yeah that's exactly it yeah so uh, Anthony's a, a teacher um, in Dubai for the last couple of years so he's uh, he's obviously at home for the summer um, and then for the games that aren't in those months he he comes back um, but yeah I know he's he's training and, and hurting out there and uh Ripping it up by all accounts, I think he's uh, it's a very impressive over there. So yeah, Anthony's obviously a top class player, so we're we're delighted he's he's coming back, and we're delighted to have him on our team. He's certainly a serious player. Um, I suppose the buzz you might not know now living in Dublin, but the buzz around Castle Lions. What's that been like? What's the feedback you've been given from around the area? Yeah, I know I'm obviously I'm down quite a bit now at the moment for trainings and stuff. So yeah, the buzz is unbelievable. There's kind of flags and and buntings everywhere, and. Uh, Huge support from the parish, which everyone really appreciates. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of because um, you know everyone is is talking about it, and because it's been kind of a consecutive run, every, a match every couple of weeks has been a real momentum to it. And uh, you know, just shorten the winter definitely. There's uh, everyone is kind of uh, just looking forward to every game, and uh, we've had huge support, sort of both financially and and in every other way, um, and. Even kind of people who've, who've you know diaspora who've left the parish in Australia and America and you know supported massively like so everyone uh, on the team really really appreciates that and it's it's made a huge difference. Yeah, were you there for the fundraiser, uh, the meet and greet? I believe you had a Saturday morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great to to see. There was a, obviously a load of kids around and um, parents and and people and and that's what it's about getting extra people involved in the club and kind of in, in the community and meeting them and. Uh, that's what 
what the GA is all about is, is community and uh, everyone kind of rolling together to work towards uh, common goal and, and hopefully in, in years to come those kids will be uh, playing on, on the adult team and hopefully doing something, something similar. No one got their wrist injured from uh, signing autographs, taking selfies and all? Not quite, no, no. Um, yeah, the kids were, uh, was a few, we were poking around the summer, right? There was a few uh, tasty hurlers there now. <laughs> yeah, all good. Very good, I suppose. He had some brawn to be, to be Toreen in the last one. What was that occasion like? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. It was obviously a very tight game and, and we knew, uh, like we, we'd seen and, and heard a lot about Toreen. So it wasn't a surprise to us that they brought what they did. Uh, obviously, Hurling is very strong in that part of Mayo. So, um, yeah, I think we, you know, we just got there and, and, and coming down the stretch I think we got some crucial scores and, and blocks and hooks at the right time so uh, yeah it was it was fantastic like when the whistle went I think there was a huge pitch invasion and again just meeting all the people and uh, you know sort of old and young who I, I you know maybe were questioning would we ever see the day like but uh, yeah we, you know we're just one one step away now so hopefully we can uh, keep it going What was the objective at the start of the year? Um, yeah, like I, I think, kind of the the county is obviously um, something we'd always have in our sights, uh, and sort of you know we know that for the last kind of I don't know several years maybe since we went down back down intermediate from senior we knew every year we'd have a good shot at, at, at winning it. So uh, that's what we were setting out to do at the start of the year, and um, you know this year thankfully we we got over the line. Um, just about so that that was probably the main objective and then as you said once once we got on to um once we got beyond the county i think we kind of said yeah okay the county was maybe something we as as players were, were looking at and now we have a chance to kind of give the community a, a great journey here uh, and that's uh hopefully what, what we can do and continue to do on saturday well you had someone at your own uh, heroics in that game against kilworth uh, a nice old goal line save for yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, probably more more hit me than uh, anything. Else. Um, yeah, I think you know the, uh, that's always the way. Like I think blocks and hooks, kind of. You know, we always say like defenses win championships, forwards win games. So um, there was a lot of people putting their bodies on the line that day, and uh, yeah, we were, we were lucky that we just got we got there in the end. Yeah, near manager Noel Furlong. What's his uh, mantra been coming into this week for you? Um, yeah, no, Noel's fantastic coach. Um, but really, it's you know we're just focusing on ourselves. We're not we, like we know Thomas Downer. They've had huge wins. They've you know they're, they're racking up cricket scores. Everything we've seen and heard suggests that they're uh, a fantastic team. So it's it's no surprise that they're raging hot favourites. Um, and you know we don't expect any less so I think yeah we're we're just focusing on ourselves and try and play our own game and uh, get a performance from ourselves and hopefully uh, give a good, good account of ourselves and see where that, that takes us Is it your first time playing in Croke Park? First time yeah yeah so um, I yeah I, I live up the road from it actually so I, I passed it regularly enough so uh, I'm familiar with the area pretty well <laughs> but, I just yeah, surprise every day Exactly yeah yeah but yeah it'll be first time in, inside White Lines do you think that occasion will get to your players? Uh, I, I don't think so, really. Like I think we've um, 
you know, we've played obviously a lot of games with Porky Grieve, which would be a similar size stadium in terms of the pitch and stands, etc. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a factor really. I think we're just more, as I said, focused on ourselves. Like we could play honestly on anywhere and uh, ultimately it's just, you know, their 15 against our 15. So um, that's what we'll be focusing on is just kind of playing the game rather than uh, looking around in the stands. Yeah, catching a glimpse of ourselves on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully there won't be too many lads uh, <laughs> doing that. Admiring themselves. <laughs> I suppose for and for your own game, what what way do you see yourself uh, lo- looking at the game really from your own point of view? Um. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, we know that Thomas Town are, are going to be uh, a serious challenge. They, you know, as I said, they're odds on favourites with everyone and I think they were even before the, the year started so we know that it's just going to be a lot of um, you know they're obviously classic Kilkenny team physical great hurlers etc so we're just trying to uh, do our best to, to contain them and, and, and hopefully uh, just kind of get there in the end Yeah yeah, and I suppose family and friends have, uh, what, what have they been telling you are they proud? Yeah like it's it's great for um you know, like it, it means obviously a lot to family members, etc. who are obviously grown up in the area and, and massively involved in the club all, all their lives. So, um, yeah, it's, it's huge for family and friends, and uh, it'll be a, a big, big crowd of crowded in there on um, Saturday night. What's the best part to play for Castle Lions? Um, I think we've a very tight knit group. I think that's probably the main uh, the main thing. So um, you know, and we, we wouldn't kind of all be making the commitments if, if we didn't. So uh, yeah, it's it's great crack, and and we've uh, a good group of lads who are sort of on the same page in terms of um, wanting to achieve and and work together to uh, build towards something and and kind of build a bit of a legacy for the younger players coming through that they have something to look up to and, and maybe play senior when they get of age. Yeah, who are the main players on the Castle Lions team that we should be uh, looking out for? Uh, I think I think everyone knows sort of um, we've we've a lot of kind of uh, good players so, you know throughout the team obviously there's the Collins, Niall, Anthony, etc who've all been involved with Cork so there's uh, no surprise there but yeah, we've like younger lads have been stepping up hugely and you know as they kind of get into their 20s they've gone up a level the last couple of years so um, yeah it's it's fantastic to see that sort of as one of the more experienced players on the team it's it's great to see younger lads stepping up and, and that's what they've been doing all year Yeah what will this uh, All-Ireland game mean to you? Um, yeah like, as I said it's sort of everyone's dream to play in All-Ireland with their with their club and to win it so um, it, yeah obviously it would be unbelievable to win it and yeah, I think you know you can't really focus on outcomes. We're just looking at uh, process and our performance and trying to you know not not get too caught up in opposition or anything and just uh, play our own game and um, yeah, like that. Give a good account of ourselves and 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 that hopefully that'll take us where we want to go. Yeah, Leo, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it, man. Best of luck. Thanks, Dan. Cheers. Can't wait to see you. Good luck. Well, when we departed, it was Man City 1, Newcastle 0. It is now Newcastle 2, Manchester City 1. Alexander Isak and Anthony Gordon with the goals there as they're just approaching half time. 
having a look at the match in Croker. St. Catherine's 12 points to her Ross Bracon are 221. The Kikini side are uh, hurling all around her. Walter Walsh, the Intercounty player, is absolutely outstanding in this one. And I caught up with ex-Irish and Munster legend Fiona Hayes after Munster's comprehensive 28 points to 18 victory in Toulon. Uh, there was plenty to dissect and Fiona had uh, this to say. Enjoy. Okay. Joined here with the legend that is Fiona Hayes. Fiona, it seems to be one of those uh, special days for Munster. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm absolutely delighted for the players. You could see after the match, they were they were dead on their feet after such a defensive effort. But the tries scored as well were magical. What a win away from home. Toulon just didn't know what to do. Munster's defence was so good. They couldn't get over the gain line. And great for Munster to have the set piece kicking as well. Do you think it's a good platform for them to kick off and only really make a statement in the Champions Cup? Yeah, it's going to be you game against Northampton obviously Toman Park X Factor will come involved for Munster but Northampton have been exceptional they beat Bayon I think it was 61-10 on, on, on Friday night so they can also score tries but it's just something from Munster it hadn't been clicking but it wasn't that they weren't you know putting in big performances it just was kind of they were switching on and off with all the injuries and changes on the game day and I think today they really put a statement forward defensively and attack as well yeah, what do you think uh, made the biggest impact today? Uh, look, you have to say, having that set piece to platform to go off, Peter O'Mahony and Niall Scannell in particular were exceptional in the line-out. Um, their scrum was really good as well, but I just thought the line-out-wise, they were able to to get the ball and go wide off it. And you can see what Crowley can do with space when he got that space because, you know, obviously the platform was so good. When he got that space, his kicking game was brilliant. And having big Tom Hearn out in the wing to kick over to isn't a bad time target to aim for yeah and I suppose on Manny he didn't show uh, any signs of slowing down he was uh, well able for the for the minutes he was yeah, look, I think they took him off after about maybe 59 minutes and the usual not happy Peter O'Mahony getting taken off, which is always brilliant to watch. I'd say they just were looking after him for next week or or maybe Ireland kind of want to preserve him as well. But what a 60-minute shift he put in. He was just brilliant. He got himself involved in line-out defence. I thought he was brilliant to do just before halftime. There was a huge moment in the game where Toulon decided to go down the line and who other than Peter O'Mahony in the midst of that mall to hold it up and stop them from scoring and going half time in the lead. Do you think uh, Tyburn, the captaincy, will be his now? He seems to have uh, put his stamp on it. Yeah, look, I, I do. And I think having Peter O'Mahony there today, I mean, Peter started off the game by talking to the ref as well, which was brilliant. But I think having Peter O'Mahony around, he hasn't played with him yet this season um, as a captain. To have him around and his support in decision-making is, is going to be good for him. But I think Byrne is, is definitely the, the choice for me. He's He performs on the pitch, mightn't be the, the loudest mouth, but he puts his body on the line on the pitch. And to get a year with Peter O'Mahony helping him out making those decisions and also you know been showing him how to talk to the referee how to be a leader I think it's brilliant yeah and uh, I mean you were on off the ball during the week saying Zebo might put his hand up uh, for to be brought back into the Irish squad but uh, is Calvin Nash now perhaps the more likely target 
oh look Calvin Nash was always there for me I think I was ta- I, I'm talking about Zebo as a full back just with, with Mac Hansen gone now I think Ireland probably would like another full back that they can if you were in France and something happened you go keen and you'd want someone to step in and Zebo do that but as a winger I mean Calvin Nash all season long he's just been brilliant um, today again you know, jamming it up against him. He got higher up in the ball, caught the ball, collected it and just ran, you know, from the halfway line. He's got a real X factor and a zip about his footwork as well. And I think if he can get into that Ireland setup with the injuries that are there, I'd be looking at Calvin maybe getting a start in, in a couple of the games. What was the personal highlight of the day for you? Um just, I, I suppose, just the, the defence in general. They, you know, to see Toulon get that, you know, counter attack in the first couple of minutes and and make that after them doing really well. Sorry, there's something going off here. Oh. Time for mass. Yeah, what was your own personal uh, highlight from the day, Fiona? Look, I was just delighted with how Munster defended today. Um, they went down an early try from, you know, from a kick chase. Obviously, they didn't get time to regroup. But other than that, I thought they were exceptional. How they went about their business at the breakdown. They picked the right ones to attack. And how they dealt with the referee at the breakdown as well was used. Because, you know, if you can't get the referee on side, it's very hard. And I thought they were brilliant in their decision making in that area. Right. Where do Munster go from here? Positive things uh, looking forward? Yeah, look, they just have to try and back up. You know, you can have one good performance and that's fine. But uh, the sign of a great team is that if they can go out against next week and get that big performance, get Northampton and qualify for the Euron Cup. Because as Munster fans, it's where Munster should be. They should be playing European rugby. They're good enough, very unlucky with injuries. But we showed today what we can do. And I think that if we can get that win against Northampton, it'll be kicking on for the season. It seems um, quite an intimidating atmosphere. I mean, I've seen the rugby ultras or whatever uh, you call them. I think they're called the fathers over there. Oh. Um, but what were the Munster fans like? Seemed like there was a big uh, contingent over. Yeah, it looks absolutely brilliant. I, I was only raging. I wasn't over there myself. It was absolute class to watch. I was I was doing the comms and you could hear the fields of Brat and Roy blasting out louder than anything. And even talking to people online during the week, there was a lot of people travelling over and, you know, I think I was talking to Alan Quinlan and he said his mother's going over with the holy water, so it absolutely worked anyway, <laughs> Fiona Hayes, thank you so much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No worries. Thanks, Ben. Cheers. Enjoy Mass now. <laughs> Go on, that's what you Thanks, Ben. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much to Fiona Hayes for joining us here on the Big Red Bench. Great to see Cork's Peter O'Manny back where he belongs. It has finished in Croker on scoreline of St. Catherine's 113. Dunher Rosbercon 221. But all is not over yet for the Cork clubs as Castle Lions are up at 7 o'clock. And of course, Kilimatra are playing tomorrow in Croker. We'll be back with a really insightful Cork football and hurling preview slash general chat with John McCarty after these. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. The two main games at halftime at the minute. Scores there. Newcastle 2, Man City 1. And Leinster, of course, playing Stade Francais at the Aviva. They're up by 17 points to nil. Now to GA from club to inter-county. I caught up with the Joe McCarty earlier today as we discussed all things Cork GA, really. Uh, we looked at the McGrath Cup game between Cork and Watford in Mallow tomorrow at 2. 
as well as the Cork Hurlers clash against Clare in Park Ewing at the same time. I don't uh, particularly agree that both games should be on at the same time or day even as I'm sure plenty of people would have liked to attend both. But what do I know? Uh, we couldn't forget Luke Connolly's retirement today as well, of course. And uh, we had Killing a Mattress clash against St. Patrick's of Armagh and Croker at 3.30 tomorrow. A highly enjoyable 22 minutes. Well, for me at least, hopefully you think the same. Excited to be joined here with Ger McCarthy. Ger, Cork play Watford in the McGrath Cup in Mallow at 2pm tomorrow. Uh, on at the same time as the Hurlers, uh, actually. What do you make of um, that one, first of all? Yeah, I mean, it's the second day out for John Cleary and the Cork senior footballers in Mallow. Um, they beat uh, an experimental Clare team down in Clare Castle uh, the week before last. It was midweek. It was horrible weather conditions. It was moved to an Astro pitch. I don't know what you learn necessarily at this time of the year, Dan, anything new that you, you aren't necessarily seeing in training for inter-county managers, but games are important because they offer players the opportunity to put their hands up for selection. So everything you're seeing in these couple of early weeks of January is geared towards the opening league match, which in the Cork Senior Footballers case will be up in Bally Buffet, pretty high-profile affair as well, because as we know, Jimmy McGuinness is now back as the Donegal manager. That's really, and in fairness, any comments I've seen and read and heard from John Cleary in the opening weeks of the year are all geared towards that game. Tomorrow against Waterford is another opportunity for some of the players that didn't feature against Clare in that McGrath Cup winning game, um, the opening game, uh, to put their hands up for selection. So Clare has named a, a pretty experimental side on paper anyway uh, when you do look at that. And there's some uh, a lot of new players and younger players as well that he's taking a look at. Most notably, I suppose, in the back line, Barry Rovers, Adam Walsh-Murphy and Neil Lorden from Ballinora. Uh, who'll be either side of Kevin Flav, uh, who's the regular Douglas back there. And as well as that, he's got a couple of uh, younger players further up. He's got Luke Fahey who's coming back as well from injury, which is great to see the Balancholic man involved. And Jack McCarthy from Cargilline. Um And in the forward line, I suppose, the interesting and the one that's uh, caught a lot of people's attention just with the announcement of the team this morning, Cahal Maguire from Castlehaven, who I know you would have seen with Castlehaven in their run to the All-Ireland Senior Club semi-finals. He's been uh, a player in form and somebody that John Cleary would know well. And then you've got John Hurley from Donnie's and you've got Mark Cronin who played very, very well against Clare the last day after coming off the bench. He starts in the corner alongside Blake Murphy from St. Vincent's, really talented young player, and Damien Gore from Kilmacabe. So this, compared to the Clare game, Dan, I suppose, is a much more experimental lineup. Um, I think, you know, it would take a, a pretty sizable Waterford victory to stop Cork from uh, reaching the McGrath Cup final, which is next Friday night away in Kerry. But besides that, I think the important thing for John Cleary and his selectors is let's take let's take another look at some of the players that didn't feature against Clare. Let's give them a good run in Mallow and um, again, gearing up towards that uh, game on the 28th of January in Ballybuffet against Donegal. It's all about minutes, I think, in the legs at this time of the year. Yeah, and he has star man Ian McGuire in the midfield. Why do you think, um, you know, he's going with a fairly uh, inexperienced team, but he's keeping Ian with all his experience uh, on the pitch? Yeah, I, I think Paul Walsh, who will be partnering in um, from the Cancer player as well, a very, very good player and played really well um, against Clare. I, I think Maguire's leadership qualities, Ian's a very good talker. And I think, you know, with a lot of young players just getting into position, certainly with the way Cork defend uh, under the Kevin Walsh model, you've got to know your position across the 45 metre line and get back in position very quickly. Ian is very good at communicating that. And I suppose the other thing, Dan, with, with, with Ian is that you can, on occasions, throw him up on the edge of the square. Things aren't necessarily going your way. He's very, very good fielder and a good man at, at breaking down ball for the other forwards. There's that option. Um, but I just think his leadership qualities and the fact that he's you know been there, done that, there's a good spine to the team in terms of experience. Sean Meehan at centre-back as well from Kishkeam, coming back from injury. Great to see him back. And as I said, Kevin Flav, Ian McGuire as well, and John O'Rourke from Carby Rangers. You know, he's, he's quite experienced. So I think 
the spine of the Cork team is experienced, but there's a lot of youth and a lot of new players necessarily that Ian and a few of the others may not have necessarily played with. But these are the days in the early part of the year that you want to see what they're made of. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be. I know it's going to be Baltic cold, uh, but I don't know what way the weather is going to be. So it, it, it's just all about familiarising yourself with players that you don't necessarily play with quite a lot of inter-county level. But what he needs, Dan, more than anything from Ian McGuire, he knows what he's going to get from Ian McGuire come championship time. John Cleary and his selectors need to see what the likes of Jack McCarthy can do, what Colin McGuire can do. Can they take their opportunity when it's handed to them? Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see that. And a word too, sorry, for Christopher Kelly in goal from Airog. Um, that goalkeeper going to be interesting to see how he goes as well, just with kickouts, because kickouts, defensive systems, ability to turn over and break at, at pace are the key things for the Cork seniors this year. But good to see, as you mentioned, Ian McGuire starting and being part of that experienced spine. But I think all eyes and probably all comments afterwards will be on the younger and more inexperienced players around them and how they go against Waterford. Yeah, do you think uh, on the goalkeeping point, do you think uh, Michal Martin has anything to worry about? I think, well, with the greatest respect to me on Martin, I, I hope he does uh, because, you know, if you've got somebody snapping at your heels at the number one jersey, then you've got to be putting it in in training and in the matches. And I think uh, Christopher Kelly is somebody that, you know, is well regarded, not just, with, uh, you know, in the Airwalk circles. And look, with Cork, kickouts are just absolutely vital this year because on the occasions that Cork decide to go short and they try to build up through the hands, which has been the case for, you know, pretty much the last couple of years under Cleary, when the opportunity arises, you've still got to hit your marks, you've still got to hit your half-backs out wide and you've definitely got to hit your midfielders and half-forwards if you go long. Um, Michal Martin will benefit if Christopher Kelly starts to play really well because, you know, of all the positions in any inter-county team, having two or three guys even uh, going for that number one jersey means you're getting the best out of the goalkeeper. It might sound simplistic, but I think you'll get a better Neal Martin if he's got somebody snapping at his heels uh, for that particular jersey. And, you know, down through the years, Mark White was there for, for the Clonakinty goalkeeper for a while um, when Michal Martin came through and he took the jersey when, when Mark stepped away. So I'd be hoping that Christopher Kelly can make a name for himself and anyone else and any of the other goalkeepers that John Cleary decides to take a look at because in the long run, that benefits Michal Martin who has the jersey at the moment that I would imagine will start with that jersey when the league starts. But yeah, it would be interesting to see how they go because as I said, it's a critical position, not just for Cork, but in senior inter-county football these days. Yeah, from what you've seen of the team playing against Waterford tomorrow, is there any one or two individuals in particular, besides obviously Ian and uh, the other likes of Brian O'Driscoll on the bench that we should be looking out for? I'm really looking forward to seeing how Mark Cronin goes again. Um, he did really, really well when he came off the bench against Clare. He's a very talented forward and he scored 1-3 on the night in atrocious conditions. And there was a guy you could see chomping at the bit to, get, to take his opportunity and nail down the starting place. Because the full forward line with Cork generally has revolved over the last year or so around Brian Hurley and Stephen Sherlock of the Bars, Brian Hurley of Castlehaven, you know, we need a couple of extra scoring forwards to take the burden off those two. And, you know, Cronin is one of those guys that can do that. Connor Corbett, who's not involved um, tomorrow, the Aero, or sorry, the Clyde Rovers player, um, really put up his hand for selection as well. I, I do like the look of St. Vincent's Blake Murphy um, at underage level coming up through the ranks. He's always been a handful when he's gotten the ball and he head down, he can run for goal. He's the kind of player that can win you freeze as well. So, And Damian Gore has been, you know, beset by injuries. Um, he's he's a shooter and like I think more than anything Dan like in that full forward line I'm kind of honing, honing in on it it's vital this year that Cork have additional scoring options that the burden doesn't rest on you know if they're playing regularly Stephen Sherlock and Brian Hurley um, too often in the past we've relied on those players in, in tight games Mark Cronin certainly looks like he's up for it even at this early stage of the year and Blake Murphy is one for the future um, he may not necessarily bet, bet in this particular year in the senior team 
but it's good to see that John Cleary has enough faith to name at number 14 this early in the year and it's, a top, it's an opportunity for him um, Cahill Maguire on the half forward line as well had a fantastic run with Castlehaven as we said earlier on and John would know John Cleary would know him well from being from the Castlehaven club so it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he plays will he be kind of more defensive and helping out at half back or will he be left in that half forward line to try and add to the scoring total so you look at this time of the year if you can spread the scores around it bodes well for the remainder of the championship and that's what Cork need they need defenders that can get back quickly and counter-attack at speed but then more than anything this year Dan if Cork are going to improve on what they did last year they're going to need a greater spread of scoring throughout the forward line and a full forward line where you've got the likes of Mark Cronin Blake Murphy Damien Gore and then Sherlock Brian Hurley and uh, Connor Corbett as well who I really want to mention because he was excellent against Clare those are the kind of guys you need to step up um, and start taking the scoring burden you know spreading it around yeah, what do you think Cleary's objective is for the for the year as a whole? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, if we asked him, he wouldn't give us an honest answer right now. But I, I just think that I, I don't think Cork got enough credit for last year. I know Dublin ended things pretty comprehensively in Crow Park when it came to it. But the performance against Mayo is the one that still stands out for me last year when we beat Mayo in, in the All-Ireland Series. And I think that was one of the big highlights of the Cork Intercounty Senior Football year. It wasn't, it wasn't the only one, but it was certainly the manner of the victory, the determination and the impact off the bench. What John Cleary wants more than anything, I think, is to make Cork competitive against All-Ireland contenders. That's Kerry and that's Dublin and possibly Derry and who knows what, you know... Um, uh, no, Jimmy McGuinness is going to do it with Donegal but I, I think consistency certainly there, there were days last year when Cork looked brilliant against Mayo and then they crashed against Clare in the Munster Championship and you just can't have that drop off in performance levels all the way through the good teams and the teams that do well at senior inter-county level are the ones that have a deep squad can bring guys off the bench to make an impact but are consistently hitting the same kind of high scores and consistently re- preventing teams from running up scores on you and I don't think Cork are necessarily just there just yet but this might be the year where they build on that. From his own point of view personally I think John Kerry would like to go one step further and possibly reach an All-Ireland semi-final. I think that's you know it's it's a stretch even to talk about it at this stage of the year but more than anything Dan I mean Division 2 is hugely important this year. They've got to finish in the top four of Division 2 to be sure of getting to a Sam Maguire uh, into the Sam Maguire Championship or else they're going to have to beat potentially potentially have to beat uh, carrying a Munster semi-final you know I think that is you know a concern because Division 2 is hugely competitive this year but I think more than anything I think right now if you ask John Cleary he wants consistency and he wants a panel of 30 with at least two or three guys chomping at the bit for each of those positions and having a bit of variety in players that he can move around and if he has that coming out of the National League um, I think he'd be quite pleased Yeah you'd wonder how much you can read into the the Mayo window after London beating him at the weekend as well yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll give a shout out to um Luke Connolly for a second. He's after retiring from club football today, uh, the Nemo Rangers man. Yeah, uh, just announced this morning and like what an absolutely fantastic natural talent. I mean, the, the term maverick used to be applied to him quite a lot. I know it may, probably maybe it annoyed him a bit, but what was Luke It was an absolute pleasure to watch Luke Connolly in the flesh whenever he was playing football down, uh, for his club, Nemo, and for when he played for Cork. A lot of people don't realise he played all the way up through the ranks uh, at Cork inter-county level just left foot, right foot, naturally gifted forward, no matter whether he was being double marked or marked, at his absolute best, he was just a constant threat for both Nemo and for Cork. I think with Nemo, one of the highlights, I think like a fine wine, Dan, he got better with age. Um, He was so important to Nemo winning the 2022 Premier Senior Football County Championship. He was just consistently excellent all the way through that particular season. Um, 
the danger with him was he would get the ball on the 45 or even a bit closer to goal and he'd look languid, he'd look a bit lazy and then he'd just take off. He had that ability to ghost past players and score, always looking for a goal no matter what time of the match it was. He was the kind of guy who was looking, thinking goal first and I think, as I said, I thought he got better as he got older but he was beset by a lot of injuries and I know he had a pretty bad knee injury that kind of curtailed him quite a lot but a big, big loss to Nemo. Uh, coming into this year's Premier Senior Football Championship definitely because he was a guy you could rely on and I, I hope you know even though he's announced that he's retired from club football I hope that he'll kind of move into the coaching side of it because I know how much all the young players in Nemo look up to him and rightly so um, and from my own point of view it was always a pleasure to report on Nemo matches and Cork matches when he was playing because he has this just natural born ability to beat defenders and go for goal he got you know, his own fans excited and he certainly got neutrals excited whenever he was on the ball. And uh, yeah, big loss to Nemo, definitely coming into the senior, Premier Senior Football Championship, but um, a fantastic career. And uh, I hope all those injuries that he's had to deal with over the years have cleared up now. And that, yeah, eventually I think he's somebody that should move certainly into coaching, definitely within the Nemo structure because he'd be a huge asset to that club. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll keep it with the football. Kilnamartra, they have the work cut out for him uh, tomorrow in Croke Park, but uh, how do you think they'll fare? Yeah, they do. It's going to be very, very tough. Their toughest game of the year by far. Um, I, I think I've underestimated that. I, if you asked me at the start of the year, would they get this far, Dan? I'd been honest and they'd have said no. Um, I look. I know there's been a lot of interviews in the build up to this particular final, and a lot of Kilimanjaro people are talking about their quarter final, their Premier Intermediate quarter final uh, championship victory over Ive Leary this year, where they, you know, they were really pushed to the pin of their collar before eventually edging out the win. I saw them in the semi final against Castletown Bear when there was four players sent off and one player was black carded they had a couple of players you know sent to the line and since those games but they've always found a way to win they're an incredibly talented team Dan O'Donin and Mark O'Donin those two guys are going to be absolutely vital to them in Crow Park um, I think it's essential that they keep 15 and not being smart about it but they've got to watch their discipline tomorrow because they'll need all 15 and probably a few more off the bench to get over the line in this particular game but they've been at, they've been a breath of fresh air I know John Evans and a lot of his comments and you, you hear a lot of the comments from him um, he's, he's good copy when you're interviewing him but you know having the likes of him on the sideline and certainly Noel O'Leary who's given his entire life to that particular club as well as part of the selection it would be a fairy tale if they were to end the year as All-Ireland champions and they are a side certainly a young team with a lot of talent those two guys though that I've already mentioned Marco Dineen and Dan O'Dineen they're going to be absolutely essential to them tomorrow I think if they fire on all cylinders and they can provide the early scores and maybe a couple of goals I think they have a chance a real chance in this but this is going to require at the end of a very very long season don't forget that and this is going to require Kilimanjaro's best performance of the year and of the season and if they can do that I think they have a real chance but any drop in performance and any ill-discipline that reduces their numbers on the pitch and I'm afraid they may not be able to get over the line but I give them a fighting chance in this one definitely Yeah they're from Armagh so I don't expect you to know the ins and outs of Matt too much but what can you tell us about St. Patrick's if you know anything at all um, they seem to have been in the Ulster Championship they've had a couple of really tight scares there were a couple of uh, one or two point victories for them uh, just from reading match reports and they do seem to be on a, on a mission in this particular year I don't know much beyond that but I do I do think that they're known to be a physical team and they're certainly quite a big and a large team so physically Kilimanjaro will match up would have to match up to them but in, that's a good thing Dan in one sense that Kilimanjaro are also very physically a strong team um, in terms of discipline they haven't been suffered from the same kind of indiscipline that Kilimanjaro might have on the route to the final but look it's an all-earned final 
and on days like this strange things happen and players that have played fantastically all year don't necessarily you know are, are not necessarily able to, to reproduce that kind of form and look there's a huge amount of momentum behind this Kildamatra team I think it's worth mentioning that they're a very exciting team to watch they're an attacking Kildamatra team they scored 2-12 in the county semi-final they scored 3-11 in the county final and they've always found a way to get goals they got two goals in 60 seconds um, not, only very recently as well they're a really talented well coached team under John Evans and I think because they're known as being a physical team and quite a strong team that might have negative connotations it doesn't at all anytime you've seen Kalamatra last year in the championship and especially that win over Castle that was the day in the Premier Intermediate Football Championship semi-finals when they won with all those sendings off they found a way to win and for all their attacking endeavours, they're going to have to find a way to win again in this All-Ireland final coming up. Um, it is an Armagh team. They're going to be well coached. They're going to be defensive. And they're also going to be quite dangerous, I think, on the counter-attack. But look, would, you, would Kilimanjaro have... Would you expect the Kilimanjaro to get this far at the start of the, of the season? No. I, I don't think so. So why not give it their all? And I think, as I said, they have a real fighting chance in this. And if they can get early good ball into Mock... Uh, and into Dan, I think, and Dan, I think they have a real, real chance in this. And I wish them. I know everybody in, uh, on the big red bench wishes them well. But it would be a fantastic end to what's been a thrilling season, a really, really good and exciting team to watch. Kilimanjaro, and um, I would like to think that they can do it. But it's it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, John has been very good to us here on the on, on the big red bench. Hopefully, we'll be we'll be talking to him in uh, good spirits very soon. <laughs> uh, move our attention to the hurling now tomorrow in the Co-op Superstores uh, Monster Hurling League, a parky ring at two. I suppose it's, well, it's the exact same team that was named against uh, Limerick last weekend. Seems a strong team, Ger, would you say? Yes, I would. And it's kind of in contrast to John Cleary. Um, you know, this car team is, is the same 15. Now, a lot of that might have been mitigated by the fact that, um, you know, the, the, the Limerick game was postponed. The game that was supposed to be in Mallow because of fog the last day. Now, look, a lot of the players that have been mentioned or that have been listed, they're all going to be playing Fitzgibbon Cup over the coming weeks anyway. So I think... Like with Cork and um, I think with Pat Ryan, he's looking for continuity. So he knows already what he has from last year. He had a good look at them tr- from the very, very start of the year when he was new to the job. So I don't think there's anything new necessarily with the team that he needs to learn. But what I'm reading into this is that, you know, Pat is looking for consistency right now. And I think the fact that he's named the same team has a lot to do with the fact that many of the players involved may well be playing Fitzgibbon Cup over the next couple of weeks. And if you get to the knockout stages of the Fitzgibbon, Dan, that that eats into the first couple of weeks of the National League. So I suppose maybe Pat has taken the opportunity now when he has access to all of the players that he wants to take a look at and getting them out the pitch, which I think is a smart thing to do. And um, That may not necessarily be the case in the coming weeks. But look, Owen Carey from Kilworth and Darrow Fitzgibbon in midfield, um, I think that's a very mobile and a very strong midfield lineup. And look, again, with this time of the year, um, you know, Cork won this uh, competition last year, the pre-season tournament, and in the end, they didn't get out of Munster. And I think, you know, I don't read too much into results in the Cork Intercounty football or hurling at this time of the year. You're looking for a couple of new players to, to pop up and you're also looking to see you know, how are, the, how are the more experienced players doing as well at the same time. But uh, Cork are in a strong position this year in the hurling. They've only lost Alan Callaghan from last year's panel. He's the only guy gone. Mark Coleman is back. Uh, Tim O'Mahony is back in training. Alan Connolly is going to be back at a certain stage as well. And then you have the more experienced guys like Patrick Horgan and Seamus Harrity, you know, training full on and being part of the setup as well. It's a strong Cork senior hurling panel and it's going to have to be um, much more so than the footballers Cork senior hurlers need five guys coming off the bench that can win them games because it's so razor sharp tight now in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship so what I read into this particular selection is that Pat Ryan is taking the opportunity when he has all these guys available to him give them a run see how they go um, and then on we go from there but um, yeah I mean again win, lose or draw I mean what you're looking for now is mileage in the legs 
good hard performance over the 60-70 minutes and get as many guys on as well perhaps on the, off the subs bench and take a look at them but I think because of the truncated nature of the McGrath Cup they're going to be playing again the following Wednesday um, I think you might see you might see even more changes the following Wednesday uh, when they go out against, uh, against Limerick but interesting to see how they go uh, this weekend but yeah a strong lineup. and as I said from Pat Ryan's point of view it's an opportunity to see the guys when he has them at his disposal Yeah I'm really getting the vibe and <laughs> I have no cold hard fact of this really but they think that this is going to be their year. Do you uh, pick that up as well? Um, not from Pat Ryan. I, I think, yes, I think a lot of Cork supporters thought that they should have got out of Munster last year and they came very, very close to doing it and the teams just seemed to be brimming, a lot, boiling, about to brim and about to boil and explode and maybe go on and do something special. But it's so hard to get out of Munster. I don't think you can look beyond the province, Dan. You really can't. Um, there's so there, there's so like any degradation again in performance. Like you have a, even a, a slight bad day out in Munster, one unexpected result can upset your whole season. So I think what Pat knows now, he's a year into the job, and this time of the year is probably a little bit easier for him. He said that as well uh, at certain stages in interviews. Like he wants his best twenty six, and we go from there. And I think he, in his mind, he has a good, he has that squad in his mind. He just wants to settle on one or two more positions. But from his point of view, if Cork are excited about this season, they've every right to be. Because at times last year, they played some absolutely scintillating hurling that day against that evening at Tipperary and Parky Creeve. I can still feel the ground shaking from under it. That was the night I kind of sat up and kind of went, yeah, maybe, just maybe, uh, this car team could do something special this year. But it's no good, Dan, if you don't get out of Munster. And I think they're quietly confident at the moment of where they are in terms of injuries and in terms of the squad being far more settled than it was this time last year. But that's all. It'll all, I mean, the National League would be interesting to see how they go, but all efforts are geared to getting out of the province this year. And I think failure to get out of the province this year would be seen as that. I think it would be seen as failure. I know it's a long way away, but I think this Cork team on paper and the kind of team and the panel that he's putting together and the players that are coming back from injury, don't forget I mentioned there, Mark Coleman is huge in that. Um, if everyone is fit and if everyone is firing all cylinders, I think getting out of Munster is a realistic proposition. After that, who knows? But I certainly wouldn't be looking beyond the province, definitely not. Drew McCarthy, thank you so much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Uh, you're headed to the Waterford game uh, in the Wear Cup tomorrow. You are, you're reporting for us. I am indeed. I love live updates on the Big Red Bench. Uh, X account throughout the day. And uh, while you're all in your nice warm studios, I'll be freezing and making snowmen in between the whole reporting. But uh, stay tuned for all that. I'll match there. I'm going to park your ring. But uh, I, I hopefully uh, get into press room with a nice uh, cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the coffee actually, Mallow, more than anything tomorrow. But uh, yeah, the weather forecast ain't great. But look, stay tuned to the big red bench as well. And like yourself, we'll have all the reaction uh, tomorrow evening as well. Going to be an interesting day, then. And it's going to be an interesting season for the Rebels in both codes. An absolute blowout at the Aviva at the moment. It's Leinster 29 points, Stade Francais still nil. And in the Newcastle Man City game, still Newcastle 2, Man City 1. Now, last week, I caught up with Kieran Walsh, also known as Mr. Welly, about esports. What are esports, you might be saying? Well, I'll let the professional tell you that. Uh, Mr. Welly represents Cork City in the ELOI, uh, the E League of Ireland on FIFA football. And a very interesting one, this, as well as uh, a few bold claims from the Monaghan men. Enjoy. Virgin Media has been announced as the title partner of the Football Association of Ireland's esports programme, including the ELOI, which will now be titled the Virgin Media ELOI. And I'm delighted to be joined here by uh, Cork City player, I guess, Mr. Willie, Kieran Walsh, how are you, sir? I'm good, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. 
And how did uh, Monaghan Native effectively uh, end up representing Cork City, in, albeit an esports farm? Yeah, I suppose it's a fair trip down the country. But uh, listen, I, I was I was adopted by the the Cork fans. Um, yeah, so basically back in 2021, uh, we held a, a tournament uh, to look for a representative of Cork City FC. And uh, look, I signed up to that tournament. Um, obviously, it's the biggest club in Ireland, so uh, that's who you want to be playing. Good answer, and, if you're um, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, and there was a big interest in, in esports from Cork City's end, so uh, it just seemed like the, the right place for me, and we've had a, a good thing going there since, and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine myself putting on any other jersey now at this stage. Oh, you're Cork true and true. Um, I suppose for people who don't know, maybe should have started with this one, but what actually is esports, and what does uh, representing Cork City entail? Yeah, I suppose it's just like, uh, it's just like the real game, uh, except... We're on FIFA, or now known as EAFC. Um, so we have our, like you said, we have our e, uh, ELOI tournaments, same as the League of Ireland. So uh, we've got the 20 clubs from the top two divisions. And um, yeah, we battled it out online. And then we have in-person finals. Um, look, it's it's an up-and-coming thing. Um, I suppose if you look maybe across the water to England and uh, the Netherlands, they've kind of developed bigger esports programs and bigger leagues um, so we're only kind of getting kicked off here in Ireland uh, so we're heading in the right direction I think of course this year we got Virgin Media coming on as a partner and uh, yeah I, I think the, the league is going to become huge in, in the future so I'm looking forward to it And how does the league format actually work does it um, you know, simulate the actual senior divisions or, or what's the case? Yeah, so um, so last year, uh, what we had, we just did four groups of five, and uh, top two from each group went into uh, what would it be quarterfinals, and um, yeah, just find a champion from there. Where did you come, or is that a two source subject? <laughs> no, last year, uh, last year was the top four. Uh, I was runner up in twenty twenty one, so we're still chasing that trophy. Uh, I promised. I promised I'd deliver one uh, to to Cork City. So uh, I think this will be the year now. One more than our men's team, I'd say. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, maybe. But listen, this is we're supposed to be at the top of the game. So uh, look, if I can deliver that on the on the virtual pitch. I'd, I'd be be honoured to do so. We'll take the glory. Have you been? Uh, have you watched Cork City at all? Actually. Um, no, I've I've been invited down to a few games. I've been out at the at the stadium. Uh, we done uh, we done a, a little activation out there uh, last year. Um, where actually we played football on the or didn't we didn't play football. We played FIFA on on the middle of the pitch. Um, so that was a bit of a, an unconventional kind of event to have in Turner's Cross. But uh, listen, that was a, that was a great day. Out. But I, I'm always down in Cork. Um, so the esports team, which I played for alongside Cork City, we have our uh, headquarters uh, in Cork on, on South Mall. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm always about the city. And, uh, yeah, I love being down there. I think it's going to be the, the esports capital of Ireland in the future. <laughs> as, as long as the real capital of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I suppose, what's the best thing about playing esports? Um. You know, I, I just kind of fell in love with it. I, I was always very competitive. Um, maybe didn't make it on the real pitch, so I uh, had to turn to the, the virtual thing. But listen, it, it's it's great fun. It's something that you can master, something you get better at over time. There's a nice wee community growing in Ireland as well. 
so it's great to share it with the lads have a bit of crack um but it's it's the winning you know it's all about winning in, in these uh you know professional sports like it's it's no good just showing up and, and having to crack uh we're past participation medals now at this stage so uh yeah look i i just love the whole process of, of getting better getting stronger in the game stronger mentally and then performing on the pitch do you approach it like you are an actual athlete i suppose in in certain ways i presume you do your training yeah. Um, <laughs> well, like, how do you actually yeah, prepare? Yeah, no, uh, 100%, yeah. No, we, you know, we train, we, we organise our, our practice against other lads, might have certain goals that we want to do, and um, we'll go back and we'll watch game play back, see what's what's going wrong with, with different coaches and things. Um, a lot of it is the mental side of the game as well, um, keeping that right, you know, keeping your focus across the, whatever, the 12 or 24 minute games which we have so yeah look there's a lot that goes into it but um, yeah I really enjoy the whole process yeah do you do video analysis of other players yeah 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 absolutely Um, so look at your own gameplay maybe get someone else to critique it because uh, sometimes it can be hard to to notice the flaws in your own game but it's great and and that's what I was saying like about the sense of kind of community as well Uh, have a bit of crack with one of the lads he'll watch your games he'll watch his uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a good time overall. It seems highly professional. Is this your professional job? Yeah, well, I'm in college as well on the side, but um, this is this is my gig. Um, listen, this is what I love doing, and uh, yeah, that's that's what it's all about for me. I, I'm just I'm delighted to be a part of it. Like I said, quite new in Ireland, but um, I think we're we're only heading in the right direction, and I'm excited for the future. I'm not asking you your salary now or anything, but uh, are you able to make a, a comfortable <laughs> living off esports? Yeah, I think uh, I think in the future um, that there will be a lot more comfortable livings uh, off esports. But yeah, listen, who knows what the future will will hold? Okay, okay. And where do you see the projection of the esports growing in the country? Um, that's a good question. I suppose that uh, I, I think that we could progress to kind of having spectators in venues and um, you know you know it gets a decent amount of viewers online um how many but i think it's it's translating that and uh, i don't know the figure to last year off the top of my head i think we had a couple of hundred watching finals at one stage um i know we were into the thousands when we did our activation out in Turner's cross that, that could be uh, more than an actual league of ireland game like yeah so it's you know it's about getting those people into the Aviva or into Turner's Cross or whatever stadium across the country in the future and I'm fully confident that we will like I think in the future I've said it before I think we'll see a sold out Aviva or sold out Turner's Cross for an esports event uh, give a time frame on that time frame oh give me a few years give me a few okay. years um, yeah three or four years we'll, we'll get to there that is absolutely huge if that uh, that happens <laughs> Well, we'll we'll see. We can come we can come back to this. We can come back to this in the future. At the end, that a slight bit early this week due to time constraints. As I'm sure you're anticipating, Stevie G's block party. Best of luck to the car curlers and footballers tomorrow, as well as killing a martyr in Croker. And of course, a reminder: Castle Lions are just about to throw in at Croker in their intermediate club All Ireland final. Bring it back to Leaside, lads. We're going to wrap things up on the big red bench now. Thanks a million to our contributors, and thank you for listening to me, Dan Casey, here on Red FM. Have a great evening. Stevie G is on the way next. 
Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. <laughs>